And welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Well, spiritual believers and listeners, I have been talking about a really, I would say, a tough spiritual subject, which is doing good for evil. And as I was driving here to the studio, I was thinking about my godfather, because we always, um, Godfather Doug Apple, the station manager, I was, we always have conversations, you know, in preparation or talking about what's going on. I was thinking about it, and one of the things that came in my spirit, and it was definitely Holy Spirit, is that you can't do this. It's, this is a supernatural work, because the natural flesh, the natural person wants to hurt people that hurt them. It's just a natural reaction. But we can't be natural. We have to be supernatural. Christians, don't, we do not have the option of being natural. We have to be what? Supernatural. And I met this phenomenal lady um, today at lunch and... Um, and we were talking about, I was telling her that I'm, I've been talking about the supernatural. And, and, um, um, I think that Donna, Dr. Donna Austin, yeah, she, we were talking, I told her, I said, you know, um, I believe in doing good for evil. And a lot of people, Think that because of that I'm a weakling or a wimp or a doormat or whatever they want to call that, and and she she said no, she said that's that's straight out of the word. That's the straight. I was like wow. She said that's scripture. I said yes, it is. And she said and what people don't seem to understand is when you do this, you you're coming against the Holy Spirit, the Christ Jesus that's in me. You're not coming against me. So a lot of people in the natural, when they when they see people like myself, and they think that you know this is a walk in the park, you know, I can do whatever I want to her. She's not going to fight back. She's not going to try to hurt me. Matter of fact, she's going to do good instead of evil. What they don't seem to understand is is that because we surrender and we totally trust God to vengeance is the Lord. He will repay. We we um, reap the benefits of God protecting us, and uh, she was telling me how you know people don't understand that coming against the, the Holy Spirit or the Christ that is in you, and it's not that you're wishing anything bad on anybody, but who better to address this issue than God the Father, Daddy God our Father, Yuhei Vahe, than God the Son, Yahshua Hamashiach, Christ Jesus. Then God, the Lord God, Holy Spirit, Ruha Kadash, right? Because they look at the motives. They look at the heart. And for God, motives are everything. So it was nice, you know, having a kindred spirit. And I look forward to having her on the radio broadcast one day. Um, so we understand we're going to unpack this word of doing good for evil and why? Why, for God's sake, huh? Let's say that. 
what we want to do good for even well as I recap from last um, Friday one you don't if you do evil for evil then you you take on the image of that individual you take on the traits of that individual and you take on the traits of Satan himself you become you you start reflecting Satan instead of God so when you do good for evil then you start taking on the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Lord, God Holy Spirit. And you start reflecting God. And, and there's a lot of good that can be done when people do good for evil. I, you know, one of the most, and I'm not even going to go into a lot of detail on it, but one of the, there was an atrocity that was done a few years ago. A lot of people knew about it. A young man went into a Bible study. He, was, he happened to be white and the people in the Bible study, everybody was African American and um, they actually fed him lunch and tried to love on him and, you know, you know, trying to win him to Christ, I guess, or show the love of Christ Jesus. And he took a gun out and he shot and killed several of the people in the um, Bible study. One woman threw her body over a child so that the ch- she died, but the child lived. Um, the pastor, he shot many, many, several times. It was just, it was supposed to incite a race war. That's what, it, that was the objective. Satan's objective was to, to, um, incite the people and to cause a division, to cause a race war. And when one of the victims was, I think, 90 some years old, it was, it was sad. It was a very sad time. But what was so powerful, and it's a perfect example of doing good for evil, was when they went before the young man, the, the people that survived, and the, and the family members of the people that died. They spoke to that young man, and they said to him that they forgave him and that they loved him with the love of Christ Jesus. So you know that rocked the nation, right? I mean, people it was just it, the world the world went was turned upside down and what ended up happening was, you know, one of the things was to take down this Confederate flag. Well, not not only did the flag get taken down, but they dug up the whole flag pole. That's the power of doing good for evil. There's a lot of hatred going on now. There was recently a um, young man went in and shot up some Mexicans, people of Mexican descent, in Walmart. And it was, guess what? Back to school. You know, some parents were in there trying to get their kids school supplies for the first day of school. So it was packed. And several people died, adults and children. And once again, this is evil. But you cannot overcome evil with evil. The only way you can overcome evil is with good. So the other reason why you want to, number one, to do good instead of evil is that you want to reflect the image of the Father. You want to reflect the image of God. You want to reflect the creator of this universe. You want to reflect him. You want to look like him because he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, Christ Jesus to die for our sins. I mean, this is just phenomenal. 
The other thing is, is that you don't know the heart. You don't know the motivation. Only God knows the heart of men and women. And the heart, if it has not been transformed, if it, if that stone heart has not been plucked out, if you have not been given a new fleshly heart, the, the heart is deceitfully wicked. You, the, the heart will deceive you. You will deceive yourself, right? So because we cannot see the big picture, God looks at things from his perspective. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Always. So when we let's go back to the case of Joseph, right? In the case of Joseph, we have a 17-year-old young man who obviously has relational problems within his family. His brothers are hating on him, I guess you would say. Jeal- envy, jealousy. Unfortunately, Jacob perpetuates this. I mean, he came from a situation like this. His mother liked him his, and his father liked Esau. I mean, so this is, this is not um, Jacob's first rodeo. He was incubated in an environment like this, and he perpetuated this environment of sibling rivalry within his own clan, right? So these young men um, not understanding the big picture. Um, Satan gets in them and they want to do evil for good, right? So they plan, they see they see Joseph and they throw him in a cistern and deep pit and really, technically, they wanted him to die there. No water and everything. I'm sure... Joseph had a time to reflect on, maybe I shouldn't have told my brothers about this dream. (laughs) But anyway, um, he ended up getting sold into slavery, and the favor of God is wherever he goes. So wherever God is, he prospers. So here he is, stripped naked, butt naked on an auction block, being sold into slavery to the Egyptian house um, of Potiphar, Potiphar's house. And he, the word says, and Joseph prospered because God was with him. He had nothing, not even his, his own self. He was sold in slavery. But yet God said he prospered because God was with him. And, of course, he went in there and his leadership skills, his administrative skills, his skills brought him to the head of the table. His skills brought him to the head of Potiphar. And even though Potiphar was um, an infidel, you know, even though... He was not. He was a Gentile, even though he was not of the of the Jewish lineage. He was not of the family of the Jews. He could see with his own natural eyes that God was with Joseph, and everything that Joseph touched prospered. Right, and then he went on to got to caught the eye of Potiphar's wife, and even in this, Potiphar maintained purity. I mean, this is a young man. I mean. And I'm sure he had sexual desires, but he would not violate. He said, how can I dishonor my God and how can I dishonor my Lord Potiphar? This is the, you're the only thing that he has not given me. And so, but guess what he got for doing for doing good? He got evil done to him for doing good. And Potiphar's wife lied on Joseph, said that he raped her, which was not true. And Joseph was falsely accused. And Joseph went to prison for a crime he did not commit. But you don't ever hear of one mention of Joseph talking about Potiphar's wife. 
talking about the injustice, talking about how she did him wrong, talking about, you know, obviously Potiphar must have believed him. You know why I say that? Because a slave's life was nothing, okay? And he would could have had him thrown to the crocodiles, okay? But he didn't. He put Potiphar, put Joseph, not, not in just any prison, but the prison beneath the palace, right? So, once again, Joseph had a choice to do good for evil or do or to do bad or do evil for evil. And he chose to do good for evil, even in this. And what happens? The baker and the wine taster for the Pharaoh got in, fell out of favor with Pharaoh and they were sent down to the prison. And Peter, I mean, not Peter, but Joseph um, tells Said, why are you, why is your continence low? I mean, I'm in prison. Why shouldn't my continence be low? Why wasn't Joseph's continence low? And he said, you know, we had these dreams. And guess what? Because Joseph maintained past the, the, the test of purity, he was able to interpret those dreams. And guess what? Those dreams came to pass. The, the baker's dreaming, his head was going to be cut off in three days. And the, the, Wine tasters meant in three days he was going to be released and be put back into the palace and have regained the favor of the Pharaoh. And guess what happened? Joseph did what any, any human being would do. He said, don't forget me. Remember me when you remember me to the Pharaoh. I want to get out of here. But guess what? He, that man immediately forgot all about Joseph. Didn't care, could care less about Joseph. He was so happy to get out of prison himself. He could not, he could care less. And guess what? Didn't even think about Joseph until God caused Pharaoh to have the two dreams about the cows and the and the um, corn and the, the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. And when God gives you a tr- dream twice, when he gives you a dream twice and it's pretty much the same message, it's going to happen. It's, you can just 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 sit on down and relax. That dream's going to come to pass. So... And long and short of it, Joseph, you know, that, oh, voila, all of a sudden, two years later, <laughs> this guy remembers, oh, there's a guy down down in prison. He saw, he, he answered my dream, and he, and, he, and he did the baker's dream, and they both came to pass. The baker died, and I lived, you know. Um, then they ran down, got Joseph, cleaned him up, cut his hair, made him, you know, presentable to the pharaoh. And once again, Joseph did what? Good instead of evil. He could have said, yeah, brother, why should I help you? You forgot all about me. Well, now you need help. No, he didn't do that. He, he said, and he didn't say, I, I, I can answer your dream, O Pharaoh. He did not. He said, if God gives me the answer, I will give you the answer that God gives me. So he humbled himself before the Pharaoh and before the Lord. And then God gave the interpretation. And guess what? The Pharaoh could quickly see that this spirit, his spirit radiated because he practiced doing good for evil. He practiced doing good for evil. And when he had the ultimate test of dealing with his treacherous brothers, he did good instead of evil. And this was critical. God looked through Jacob's lineage. God looked through his sons. He looked at Simeon. He looked at Levi, and he said, they're too bloodthirsty. When their sister was raped and raped, 
They went into the village, tricked the guy. The guy wanted to marry um, their sister. They um, tricked the guys into getting circumcised, and they waited to the third day when they were really sore, and they couldn't defend themselves, and they killed them all. And Jacob had to leave the land because of what his son, Simeon and Levi, did. So they were definitely not candidates <laughs> to be used like Joseph. And Judah made bad choices, all of them. Their hearts were not right. But God looked down at Joseph and said, this is someone I can work with. This is someone that I, is malleable in my hands. This is somebody that I can teach something. This is someone I can trust with the life of my son. Because Jesus Christ came out of the lineage of Judah, which was one of Joseph's brothers. So when you look at things and you look at things that happen to you, you need to step back and see, try to see it from God's perspective. Ask God, God, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you want me to glean from this? What do you want me to understand from this? What can I do with this? How can I serve you? How can I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day? Okay? So, Joseph was the perfect candidate. And he recognized what they did was evil. He even said it in his speech. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Because he was positioned to save Israel and God was going to have his own nation. At that time, they were not a nation. But by the time they left Egypt, they were a full-blown nation, over close to three million people in the Exodus, right? So God gets what he wants now. Now you can get with the program or you can be left behind, but God is his God's will shall be done on earth. As it is in heaven So The other reason why you want to do good For evil because You don't understand How important it is That God can trust somebody To do good For evil You look at Corey Tan Boone Or you look at um, the, the greatest leaders That we've had Have had all these tragedies um, Coming against them And you know, and it's like, wow, it's amazing. I mean, and they, Nelson Mandela, I mean, he came out like pure gold. He ended up being president of the very nation that that put him in prison, right? Um, you look at Mother Teresa, pure gold. You look at Martin Luther King. A lot of people, you know, don't realize this, but Martin Luther King had a serious relationship with Jesus Christ. And he was the antithesis of Malcolm X. And these both of these leaders were rising leaders in the African-American community, well, in the world community. In the end, Malcolm X, after he went on his pilgrimage to um, Mecca, he saw all these multicolored Muslims. And... He was beginning to see something that was not quite right with the doctrine that he was being taught in the United States about the Muslims. So that's why his own people executed him, killed him, because he had risen up in the ranks 
but he was beginning to have his eyes opened to see that you can't do evil for evil, that you must do good for evil. And this is what Martin Luther King had tapped into. He had tapped into doing good for evil. These these young people, the Freedom March and, and the riding the buses and sitting on at the counters at the, you know, they were trained to let people, somebody could spit in your face, you wipe it off and just, just stand there. It's like you're trained to do good instead of evil. You're trained to not retaliate. You're trained not to respond. This is what the father is looking for in his children. We're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be sprinkled like salt in the world we're supposed to be different. When people look at us, when they interface with us, they see a difference. And I guarantee you, if you will do good for evil, if you will love your enemies, if you will bless those who curse you, God will use you in a miraculous, powerful way. Do good for evil. So as we unpack this, this, this massive effort, Epic word Doing good for evil you, you look at Christ Jesus His This is God I mean God of the universe Let us understand Who Jesus was He was 100% man That's true But he was also 100% God With a snap of a finger He could have had Legions of angels One angel I think killed I can't remember The exact number I think it was like 185,000 men one angel. And you're talking about legions of angels? You don't want to mess with an angel. So I know y'all think some people may think it's like a cherub, a little fat baby. No, no. They are they are like giants. They are they are huge, you know, with swords and weapons and whew, you don't want to mess with an angel. But anyway, um so we need to understand there's a power that radiates out of a human being who chooses to do good instead of evil. There's some other um, people's religious um, groups that have tapped into this, but the, but, the, it, but the thing is, is that the source has to, you have to go back to the true source, which is Daddy God, Abba Father, Yuhei Yahweh, Lord God, Yahshua Amashiach, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and Yahshua, I'm a Shia Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and Lord God, Ruha Kadash, Lord God, Holy Spirit. You have to go back to the source, and you have to supernaturally, it's not natural, you got to let the Holy Spirit take control, and you've got to do good for evil. You know, one of the toughest things and we get this training immediately when we're born out the womb with our siblings. You know, our siblings can do some awful stuff, too. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, the first murder was done, was committed by brother to brother. You know, Cain killed Abel. And so we get, we, we're taught at an early, early, almost at birth, um, Jacob and um, Esau was fighting in the womb. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting. If the if you listen to what I'm saying, remember the antidote. The antidote when you when you are hit with this overwhelming urge for revenge, 
this is when you need to have the an- antidote. I think it's Romans. Let's see. Make sure I do this right. Romans 12, starting off with 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Right? Repay. Romans 12, 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but li- but leave the way open for God's wrath, for it is right written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, require, requite, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome master evil with good. You can't master evil with evil. All, you, all you're going to have now is two devils. You're going to be a devil. They're going to be a devil. You can't master evil with evil. You can only master evil with good. That's why, you know, the demons, they were like, whenever Jesus came on the scene, if you ever notice, they never said son of man. They, they said, son of God, what are you here before to torture us before our time? Why? Because they recognized Jesus as the son of God. They could see his spirit. They knew who God was. But that, but they realized that there was a jurisdiction issue here. That only people that are in a body, only people that are in flesh of a human body can have authority and power on this earth. So they didn't realize that Jesus was a man also. And because he was a man, the son of Mary, the stepfather was Joseph. He had authority and power on this earth. And he was he was doing the will of the Father, God the Father. So that was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit walking on the earth. They were walking as one because Jesus only said what he heard his Father say. And Jesus only did what he saw his Father do. So Jesus did good for evil. Make sure that you read Romans 12, 17 through 21. Whenever you feel like you want to take do you take matters into your own hands if you whenever you want to tell somebody off whenever you want to give them a come up is uh, whenever you, you want to um, give them what they deserve or um, you want to re- you pay back time all of that revenge it's not yours vengeance is the lord you don't know people's heart you don't know their motives you don't see the what big picture the big picture is Overcome evil with good. And I guarantee you, if you will start walking in this, especially you believers, because non-believers, they don't have the supernatural ability to do this. Not with the not with the right motives, right? Do good for evil. And the antidote for hatred, the antidote for doing evil for evil is Romans 12, 17 through 21. I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me 
on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Enter the glory zone. To be 